Stardate Gorn! Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes smart, sometimes funny podcast about all things new and classic Star Trek. I am your captain for the evening, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have... Clyde Haynes. I'm still scared. Still, it was spooky yuki yuki, and I, I mean, this is going to give away my hot freak, y'all, but I loved it! Boo, 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 boo. Look, I'm, um, listen, I'll just be honest. I'm not really a horror gen- genre kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, seriously, like when I say I'm not a horror genre kind of guy, I went to the ATX TV Fest and was sitting on a panel where I, when I suddenly realized that this panel that I had went to was all directors and writers for horror. horror. I left. Yeah. Sounds like, like my kind of me. panel. Sounds like my yeah. kind of people. Blumhouse and everything. I was like, <gasps> they seemed amazing. Listen, I think they're very talented. I'm just like, mm, I'm not going to do that. So I literally, you know, we had the screeners. Mm-hmm. And so I typically will like to watch the screener on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. I, I find that if I can watch, especially when we're going to podcast about it, if I can watch it and then let it marinate a little bit, mm-hmm. then the next day I'm like, hmm, that something hit me differently. Right. Like it's like I just I, I like to really think about it. Sometimes go back and watch it again. I'm like, did I see that? I started watching this last night. And that moment where Spock is root, rooting around and there's a hole. I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this at night. No, no, I'm not going to do this. And I stopped it <sighs> and, and, re, and said and picked it back up this morning and was like no i'm not I'm not doing oh. that to myself no i watch this the only way this should be watched alone in the dark in my room at yeah. like 11 p.m at night See, it was nope. great <laughs> nope not gonna do it that's exactly so we were probably watching this at the same time probably and i was you like More. <laughs> i said I'll, I'll see you in the morning <laughs> uh I mean, I, yeah, we're going to get into it, y'all. I'm really excited to to chat about this particular episode. There were so many things I loved about it. There's also things that were so heartbreaking. I'm really um, excited to kind of dive into Hemmer and, and his arc for this season. Um, I've got a lot of feelings about it. But first, Clyde, can you tell folks how they can interact with us during the chat? So if you're watching us live on whatever streaming platform that you love, um, all I ask is that if you have a comment that you'd like to, us to take a look at, then all you have to do is type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we'll see it. And when we get to that special time where we want to know your overall thoughts of the show, you can let us know what yours is by typing a simple capital H, capital F, capital HF in the pod, and we'll take a look. Absolutely. Really excited to dive in. Uh, first, we got to credit some people who helped make this show. This is all those who wandered the ninth and penultimate episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, directed by Christopher J. Byrne, written by Davy Perez, um, who also wrote the other Gorn episode, Memento Mori. And and I have to say, uh, Davy Perez has potentially stolen my heart as a writer. These are wow. some of my favorite favorite episodes of the season so far so i'm really excited um and i'm already giving it away i think we know what time it is i think we know it is time for some you know we keep showing that i'm starting to think maybe i need to go out and get a deep v like a really gotta get a deep v. 
Deep V. I need to get some abs for Deep V first, though. But uh, but know, Riker uh, bod. That's right. Riker bod it up. Mm -hmm. But Clyde, I feel like I've shown my hand a little bit. But what were your some of your hot freaks about this episode? Okay, so let me say that I I did like the episode quite a bit, right? And I thought that for what they were trying to do, they executed this really well. So most of my critiques are personal and ab about the plot, but the execution I thought was flawless. So I'll say that there were a bunch of moments that I thought like, just wow. Now, again, like I said a moment ago, horror, not my thing. So it was kind of freaking me out. Like I, you did it last night at 11 o'clock alone with the lights off. I finally watched it this morning at like 11 a.m with the sandwich, all the lights on, the windows open, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, making sure that, it, you know, that it was like, that, like I was not gonna be worried about anything jumping out at me. Um, but I thought it was, I thought it was done really well. There were some things like, I, I again, we talk about the whole red shirt mm -hmm. idea, right? Like the minute, like from the very first minute that they're in this celebratory room and I'm like, who are these two people we've never heard of? And 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 the blue shirt, I can't remember her name. She, her first line was, "Are you okay?" Up like I knew from the very moment that she wasn't gonna gonna last. Yeah, um, those poor speaking <laughs> characters at the top of this episode. Yeah, so so that's you know funny. Um, it, look, so there are two things that I want I want to bring up. Mm -hmm. The way they ended Himmer. I can't like again, I thought the execution was 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 pretty good, right? In terms of w when we look at him sacrificing himself, why he sacrificed himself, like I didn't think there were any loops in there. Like any any holes, like I I thought like I understood it. It I, kudos to the writers. Mm -hmm. I I thought like yes, could you have saved him? I I don't know. Like at that point from everything that we saw, it was advancing very fast. Like they gave us, they, they, I thought they sealed it up pretty well. My issue is more of, I really liked Himmer and I wanted more of Himmer. And I, I thought he was, I thought he was going to be a critical piece to this ensemble and he's gone and I'm not okay with that right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, you know, we were talking to some people in the Patreon um, earlier today about this and look the whole Spock rage at the end with Chapel I wasn't a fan right Did, didn't sit that well with me didn't think it was needed him grabbing her and then her caressing his face like it just there's a lot about that that I was just like why like I get that you have a crush on him but you need to respect the fact that he's engaged like this whole like angry thing it just there was a lot about that was just kind of like eh I didn't need that um that being said, the moment where Mbanga says, get away from my daughter, and then turns around and has this, you know, sometimes emotions gets the best of us. And Leon's like, I'm fine. He was like, I'm talking about me. I love that moment. Like the ability to apologize and, and say, hey, let me explain to you why I was in the wrong. Like it makes me like Mbanga even more. I just thought that was really well done. Um, 
but yeah so i i really did like i thought this was a really well done episode kudos to the team i thought they hit on all the notes that they were doing there were just some moments that for me personally were just kind of like it, it, they did exactly what they wanted to do they made me feel a bunch of things a bunch of different times so that's that's my high frame yeah i mean i thought this was um i think i said it on twitter a true love letter to alien meets predator meets jurassic park <laughs> there were puppets everybody really loves good. puppets <laughs> everybody really everybody loves puppets and these were puppet gorn and i think it was so clever and so fun and i just like truly enjoyed watching this episode i was heartbroken i thought we were going to get that moment like we do in a lot of star trek where hammer comes back because the main bridge crew can always come back in some way shape or form but i did read that bruce horrock who plays hammer will be back in the star trek universe so there is hope that we get to see some more of his performances which um, makes me happy because i thought he was such a fun part of the crew and i hope we get to see him again um that said, yeah, I, I agree with you on a lot of the things, um, Clyde, and we can kind of go into this breakdown of some of these more um, smaller moments in here, like between Chapel and Spock, Spock's rage, um, and then the demise of our um, newly uh, um, not appointed uh, rank, the rank up, the curse of the rank up for some of these folks. As Lee says, hey. If the yeah. day you get promoted, you're asked to go on an away mission, fake a stomach ache or do or something, don't go. That to me, it's funny. Like he, here's the thing I'm curious about, Mariah. Are we about to get any gags? Right? Mm -hmm. So anything like one, every time someone gets promoted, they get on an away mission and they die. Like, is that gonna be a running gag? Or are we gonna see a revolving door of chief engineers? I'm curious to see with mm. what direction they're gonna go in. That is very possible. Let's see what else we had from Keen. Uh, rest in peace, Hemmer. I'm seeing a lot of hate about this episode that I solely attribute to his death, but I enjoyed the episode. I agree. I think he became quite the fan favorite. I don't know if they thought he was going to have such a, a fan loyalty by this point. Um, but I also think he plays such an important role in a lot of that representation. Unfortunately, this feels like the same mistake that Discovery made when they killed off Hugh um, and we all got real angry about it. And so that's why I have hope they will bring him back because they see the error of their ways. <laughs> um, at least the actor. And I don't know if we'll get someone exactly like Hemmer, but it'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I said this just a couple episodes ago, the whole buddy cop situation him and her were so great well not just him and her because i was i was gonna say that in a second but but uh himmer and mbanga like that yeah. pairing was so good like i was like sign me up for more of that and then you know i was thinking about this a lot where uhura said he reminded her a lot a lot um of her father mm -hmm. it, what i thought about was typically in in star trek we get a father figure, like someone who, you know, is the wise Pixar owl, right? Who dispenses wisdom. We get it in different forms. And the one thing I realized is that that's not really Pike. Pike is a little bit more like the cool uncle who's got a lot of wisdom. 
but him or like the 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 way he approached and i don't know if it was his voice or or what but he really did come across as a father figure mm -hmm. um more so to me than any other character of the show and i think that's gonna be a big miss like a big miss yeah i agree i am ex the things that i appreciated um about the death is like you were saying it didn't feel like there was a hole like i'm not just like you could have saved this character you know mm -hmm. and and apparently in the interviews i've seen with bruce horak they were very upfront with him about the arc of the character of hemmer and so they knew it was going to come to a close by the end of the season so i appreciate it it's not just like out of nowhere for him as a performer and and while i uh you know i accepted the other deaths i know where it is a drama so we're going to lose some of these bigger characters from time to time and i know he's not a character we knew before and i don't know and and it also like we we seem to be losing on at the end of this episode too so i guess they're like sending some people off in different ways hopefully we'll get to see them come back with new perspectives and um and, and things going on for them but um i think i just really enjoyed hammer and i think the other thing is i truly didn't see it coming in some ways like i didn't see that we were going to lose hammer by the end of this season i i as soon as i realized it was happening i got really sad but i um appreciated the way that they did the send-off right like he was the hero who saved the rest of the crew um you know he knew at that point there wasn't anything they could do but it was you know i i, I was there in the emotion with all of those characters yeah so here's here's how i had to deal with the whole horror of of this episode right is i had to take a step back from reality and let mm -hmm. her step step into reality and take myself out of the show and at one moment i don't think i paused it but i might have and i said to myself okay what do i know right so the idea that i turned it off last night while spock is in this corridor was ridiculous to me in second thought, right? Because here's, here's at that moment I go, look, you know, Spock lives, mm -hmm. you know, Pike lives. So that, so at this moment I go, all right, so we know Spike, uh, we know Spock, we know Pike, we know Chapel. We even know Sam Kirk's gonna live. We know Uhura's gonna live. And I'm kind of walking through and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that number one was in the pilot to TOS. Mm -hmm. So we know she's okay. And I'm going, okay, well that's really left us with these two no name, um away mission characters leon and that's when it hit me and himmer mm -hmm. and i go hmm so i was like eh. and then i was like they wouldn't do that like they they can't do that but when he started shaking in the cargo bay i was like dang it mm. and I, it changed the whole tone of the ending for me mm -hmm. like i was like this is like i was waiting for something like maybe he was going to go outside and it was going to kill him and or kill the Gorn, but not him. Like I was really looking and hoping for something. Um, and it didn't. And that was like, I was like, Oh, that's how I was dealing with the fact that I was worried that something was going to jump out. Cause look, I'm not afraid to admit it. When Pike put his hand on Spock's shoulder, I jumped a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm man enough to admit <laughs> that I jumped a little bit. Um, yeah, I thought there was some really smart, um, like not full jump scares, but there was attempts at the, at least they didn't get me as far as jump scares go, because I'm a horror person, but, um, but I appreciated the tension building 
Um, and and I thought this episode did that really well. I also loved the heat-seeking vision of the Gorn. I liked being able to pop into the eyes of the villain, which is a big horror trope. So I always appreciate that we 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 got that moment a few times in this episode. Um, I like seeing Laan as sort of this expert of the Gorn and her getting to really flex those muscles as she's been on her mental health journey and sort of figuring out how she gets to deal with this. And I and like you said, Mbega's kind of slip with the young girl that they find. Um, I thought them finding folks who managed to survive, I thought was like a, a really nice moment for Laan as well to see that like it is possible to survive these incidents in a way, although we do lose our big mystery alien who looked incredible. I was going to say, you can't not mention Buckley. Like to me, I could like, I was like, oh man, are they going to kill Buckley? Because I was looking and going, Yo, that's a merchandising like gold mine right yes. there. Like I could absolutely see all kinds of Buckley stuff if you just roll with that a little bit. Um, and they were like, "No, we're gonna go for the the the, the storytelling." So I was like, "Okay," but it, I, it looked amazing. Like everything about it looked amazing. Drew me all the way in with the heavy breathing and the, mm -hmm. like. That was phenomenal. Little movements. It was so great. Um, I really enjoyed that. I I like that we get to see Laon sort of go to return this kid back to her family as well. I hope we get to see some of that or at least hear what happens on this journey for her because I think it's going to be a moment uh, that she kind of like a full circle, right? Um, for her character being able to help this girl in the same way that Una helped her right when she was finally discovered in a similar way. So what do you, let's talk about this for a second. I'm curious. What do you think is about to happen with this? Right. So are, do you think we're going to get like a, a persistent B plot where we get to see her on this journey or is she out for maybe it's the final, the finale. I think then, she's, yeah, yeah, I mean, my prediction would be she's out for the finale um, and then we get to see like in that gap between season one and season two, she goes and does some things and we get to hear about these adventures in season two in some way um, when Ooh. she returns. You know, it would be brilliant. They won't do this, but I think this would be brilliant. Short treks. A series of Leon centered short treks over the break. That would be great. I would live for it. I would love it. Would love more short treks. I think they're super fun and a great mm -hmm. connective tissue to some of the other series. Um, I did want to jump back to the chapel Spock moments of it all, because we do see it's tough because I can see them both that, like I said, the tension is building. And do I love that there's this potential where Spock is going to cheat on T'Pring? I don't love it. But do I enjoy watching the tension between these two characters? Absolutely, I do. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Clyde? I mean, it, it's, Spock and T'Pring seem very serious, mm -hmm. right? Now, I think, you know, we talk about chemistry we talk about tension we talk about passion or heat and you know it's interesting because if we go back to episode one and two 
all I heard about is how everybody was saying they're here for more Spock into praying and everybody loved, you know, her dress and her outfits and him shirtless and them in the bed and everybody loved them some Spock into praying. And now all of a sudden we're looking and going, well, you know, I, maybe I, I'm, I'm struggling with this a little bit. Like to me, it's, it's much more of, look, if you want to be with chapel, or if you're unsure about praying, handle that, mm-hmm. right? Got a lot of stuff going on, Spock. Handle that. Don't do this, right? And with Chapel, I'm just like, what? What are you doing here? Because, and again, you gotta say, I also, I'm, I'm also looking at this and going, hello, this is a working relationship. You're at work, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Which I think they're both feeling that tension. I think they're both feeling that tension. They're not hiding it well. I do Mm -hmm. think they're both trying to do that. Like, I'm here for you as a friend. And I have these feelings. And I'm trying to not have these feelings. And I can feel that tension on the screen. Um, And I I like... I I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting to watch. Do I think... uh, do I think there's other ways that could be done? Sure. But I, I see what they're doing with it. It is that unrequited love. It is that work crush, you know, you shouldn't have. Um, it is that it is a way for there to not just be the perfect romance between Spock and T'Pring, which we know eventually crumbles. And so I think it's starting to, you have to start planting the seeds of why that relationship doesn't work. Right. And so I think we're starting to see some of those seeds being planted. I don't think inevitably chapel is going to be the reason that they don't work, but I think it is a outlet for Spock to say, Oh, if I'm having feelings for someone else, do I still want to actually be with to pray? And that's fair. Here's why this series is challenging for me is because I feel like I know too much that Mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's hard to really get invested in the moment though I still have to say kudos to the writing and the direction and the actors Mm -hmm. because they pull things out of me even when I know stuff, right? Like, here's what we know. Ultimately, Spock is not going to end up with either one of these women. Correct. Right? Like, this is, if you didn't know that, if you're listening to the pod or watching us and you didn't know that, I don't know what to tell you. Watch some TOS check out a movie every once in a while, do you some good. Um, So we know that. So while they're pulling out this emotion, at the end of the day, it's neither one of them. Now I am interested in seeing how we get there, right? Like how do we get to no no Spock and T'Pring? And how do we get to Chapel running around the Enterprise with a crush on Spock? Right. I am curious about that. And I think there's an opportunity here for them to develop something between Chapel and Spock that almost sets up and answers the question of why it never happened on the Enterprise and in TOS. And so I'm I'm curious about that, but yeah, this is this is an interesting dynamic. It is. And, and we'll, we'll see how they, they handle it. Right. And I think we are, the other thing I have to keep reminding myself is we are still seeing like 
earlier, almost adolescent-y Spock, right? Like this isn't mm-hmm. the the movie version of Spock that a lot of people know. Um, it isn't even the TOS version of Spock quite yet. So yeah. we're, we're still seeing a lot of these growing pains, uh, which I like seeing, but I think I'm enjoying... I'm enjoying the ride, but I think I'm enjoying the ride watching Ahura have those same moments, like watching her character development over this season versus Spock's character development. I feel like I can logically follow, no pun intended, um, (laughs) Ahura's journey a little bit more about this, this questioning of like, do I belong here? Like I enjoy the, the, that, um, complication for her because like we get to kind of laugh and chuckle because we know she's going to come back right but seeing that internal struggle I find really interesting and different from I think what is expected to see from Spock having those same struggles because they keep just really leaning on this whole like human versus Vulcan Mm -hmm. thing and I thought we had come to such a nice resting point at the end of our pirate episode of like you get to just be you, right, Spock? And I know that that still has to be like probably fully internalized in himself, at least the way that they've set the character up. But to have Chapel be like, it's what makes you human. I was like, oh, are we back here again? Like, <laughs> yes, we are. So, yeah. You know, you, you know, I, I love what you just said there because I, I'm, I'm so invested in horror, mm-hmm. and I have to admit, like you want to be very, very careful about these origin stories, right? And I think one of the origin stories that we were all very, very excited about was this, in kind of the Star Wars universe, the idea of the Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker origin story. And to be honest with you, it just left me flat, right? Like, I was just like, "Mm, I expected a lot more. And so I typically walk into these things where you're taking a character and now you're going to give me something com- almost completely different and something new. Um, but with Uhura, I mean, man, this is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's because it's not just about love or romance, but they're giving us purpose, right? That we're seeing her develop from a cadet to why she would be on, on the Enterprise. And, and I think it's fascinating from the standpoint of most of us would look at this and go, why is that even a question? Like if you have an a, a opportunity to be on the enterprise, that's an automatic yes. And so to see someone who's thoughtfully, intelligently asking herself, is this really what I want? I know this is what everybody else wants. Like th- that's, that's refreshing. Like I think, and, and I think when we think about, like I can look at it today and go, wow, the world tells me that I should want whatever, right? I should want a fancy car or a really great job or, or 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 this life. But to have a character who really questions, I know everybody else wants this, but is this right for me? I've been chasing this for so long, but is this right for me? And to do it in a way that we get to to really see the evolution of this, this is like this is great writing. Like this is great storytelling. Um, and I want more of that. I think that's part of why I've been so disappointed about Himmer, because mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be a fantastic guide for her along this journey, this this self-exploration and discovery journey. No pun intended. Yeah, I think she's gathered quite a lot on 
as a character this season. I'm I'm hoping maybe we get a similar vibe with her in another um, character next season um, as she's you know making that choice to stay on the ship and uh, and you know is maybe diving into it and finding those connections because she is still a young cadet at this point. And and I think you know watching her story be a little bit more nuanced with that struggle is is what I'm craving in some of the other characters on the ship and I know it's only been nine episodes and we don't get the 22 episode orders like we used to so it is very hard to squeeze it all in but I I, I have faith that we're going to get these moments with the other characters uh, throughout the series because I've really enjoyed seeing Ahura's journey so far I really have enjoyed seeing Mbega's um, kind of you growth want more as well. Kyle. Is that it? You want more Kyle? <laughs> You're missing out on Kyle? Well, I mean, it's like, it's chapel. I also wish, you know, like we know that that struggle for Spock between like his human and his Vulcan side is something that they talk about in TOS. And so it is obviously something that continues to follow him. I think I just have in, I want them to, I don't know. It's it's hard to articulate. It's just like in comparison to how they're using Ahura's internal struggle versus Spock's internal struggle, it feels like the nuance is there for me in Ahura's. And so I want to see some of that within Spock's journey as well. And I feel like sometimes we're getting a lot of these like uh, the love interest, the internal struggles, ooh, the logic of it all. And like, and then we're also throwing in the fun Easter eggs of like sensors and like, you know, and, and I, and I get that it is, and and I can sit here on my pedestal not being a writer in that room, right? It has to be yeah. incredibly tough to take an, a beloved legacy character like Spock and figure out how to build him up from, from this point to where we know he gets to. And I imagine that is super difficult but i can i can see what they're it's like i can see what you're capable of with ahura mm -hmm. and i just want to like feel that same tactile sensory like i want to be like hammer in the engineering room of story <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> when it comes to this stuff um you know giraffe yeah. said giraffe said something a, a while back about or i think it was giraffe it might have been you um but wanting to see chapel exists outside mm -hmm. of the love story I, I think i might be more up for this spock chapel thing in season two um if they had spent season one really fleshing out and getting me invested in chapel as chapel right like if we think about tng i loved beverly crusher right love beverly crusher so much when they switched doctors i almost revolted Mm -hmm. Right. Like I was like, I was really angry. Right. Like I was like, I am not for this. But what was interesting about Beverly is they didn't really touch on the tension between Beverly and Picard early on. Right. Like we really got to see Beverly as the doctor. Mm -hmm. Right. Doing her thing. Yes. Like and a, a bit as a mom with Wesley. Like we really got to see her character. Um, I'd say the same thing with Deanna and Riker, right? Like we, there've been these romances where we get to see Deanna standing on her own as a ship's counselor and kind of in her strength before we start playing around with this romance mm -hmm. thing. I, I wish I could have gotten to see more Chapel, like as, as just as a badass. 
Yeah. I mean, I think we've gotten some glimmers. It's like, I can see it. I'm, I'm excited for when we do finally get like the bigger chapel episode. I know it's probably coming, but um, it's, you know, like when she's running the chase, the rabbit scene in the pilot is super mm -hmm. fun. She is effortlessly charming. And so I'm like, but that's also like a, a being in the same way where we saw Mariner kind of explored in lower decks that like charisma and that charming way that you can kind of get along with a lot of people when you want to mm -hmm. is typically you've you've gathered those skills for a reason and i'm excited to learn her reason mm, that's and good. and and i think i'll be really excited when we when we finally get to to see that outside of the box of a of a relationship for her um i did want to kind of go into what did we think about pike and pike's uh leadership in this particular episode essentially sending number one with the big ship off planet to go make this delivery you know we had to essentially find a reason to split the team apart right and so now we've got in typical tos fashion a lot of the big names down on the planet with a couple of red shirts and <laughs> they have to um fly in uh, without a lot of knowledge of what they're going to see on the ground. What did you think about uh, Pike's sort of approach to all of this? I mean, I guess it makes sense. Um, I didn't find fault in it. You're like, you're trying to be in two places at one time. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go down on the on the surface, who do you leave the Enterprise with? Of course, you would leave it with your, your XO. That all makes sense to me um taking your best of the best that was an interesting move but mm -hmm. okay um to me this all sits kind of sets up for why Riker refused to let John Luke go on, on away mission, mission. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right he was like look I didn't see this play out a couple times now this is a bad idea mm -hmm. um I don't know I'm still I mean, I'm still looking for Pike to be like just a great leader. And I don't know that I'm seeing it. I mean, I'm seeing it in some of these like little moments, which I, I, I've been enjoying like the breakfast for the cadets that are moving up the putting the, the schmuck on Spock and being like, go finish the dishes. I really, I like when they, I love when you play with genre and half the fun of a horror movie is if you can also laugh while you're watching it because they're the opposite sides of the same coin, right? In horror and in comedy, you have to build up a tension and then you have to find a way to release it, right? So that's either a punchline or a scare. And so I thought it was so fun to have this very lighthearted breakfast with some jokey moments at the very top of this episode. And then they're going to hard pivot to everything's flooded none of the lights work everything's flashing and there's goopy puppets everywhere that look like monsters well and look you know marge says um marge makes a good point like pike needed to be with the cadets he didn't know how bad it would be to me but that's a bit of a horror right like he's like oh yeah we'll take the cadets it'll be one last run we'll you yeah, know they're getting in the in the subaru or whatever the station wagon <laughs> Yeah, just the thought was, though, is like, really, you're out here in space, S uh, an important ship, a really important ship has suddenly gone missing. 
and if we just if we think about the last eight episodes, right, or the last eight missions, which one of those did you overestimate how dangerous it would be, right? I feel like in each, even in the pilot, it was like, oh, we'll just go down to the surface and the next thing you know, you're locked up, right? Mm-hmm. Like each one of these has been like, oh, this will be a piece of cake and it hasn't been. And so again, I'm thinking, hey, Pike, when are you going to figure out that each and every mission is life or death? And, you know, and eventually you're going to start bringing more security people with bigger rifles. So let me know when you figure that one out. But that doesn't make for good television, Clyde. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We have to have stakes. We have to have people we care about, like Hemmer getting zapped with goo. And that results in him having to die at the end of the episode. I'm I'm bringing I'm bringing Mako Marines with me <laughs> on every mission. It's like why are you bringing twelve people on every away mission? Because you know they got the guns. That's where I would be. I mean, it's like uh, you know when you're watching the horror movie and the person's going down to the basement and you're yelling at them, "Why are you going down to the basement?" Hmm. You know the lights are <laughs> off. Let me uh, go check that breaker. <laughs> yeah, I'll be right back. No, you won't. You have to eliminate some of the logic in order for for the horror genre to work in some ways. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it it, it like I, again, it wasn't something. What what I always look at is there's something that is distracting. Now, when it happened, I thought it was like I will say, hmm. JC brings up a good point. Pike knows he's he knows his fate. I can't so, argue with that. So he can be like, I can go on this away mission. I know nothing bad's going to happen to me, so I can hopefully stop it from happening to other people. <laughs> that might be a little arrogant. Like, hey, one person might come back from this. And that one person is going to be me. Like, be me. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I, uh, I it's, 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 it's fun. Um, I thought we might see, a, like, I thought we might see a little bit more about what happened kind of with Una. Um, Mm. I thought we might get a little bit of a B plot, Mm -hmm. but I think there was so much to do. And so setting this up for the A plot that that just couldn't happen. Um, And I think someone else said in the chat earlier, you know, when you look at this cast, right. And you think about who they've got in what position and you see that name, Rebecca Romaine, I assume she'd have a much bigger role. I really expect her to be a Riker, a Chakotay, a Tuvok kind of character that we were just going to see on screen all the time. And it feels like we've gotten some glimpses. Like we had one episode that was, you know, I feel like we had kind of one episode where she had a bunch of screen time. But I don't know that her characters move very far. Yeah, I feel like we got to see some fun. I mean, she got quite a good backstory episode this season. Um, and then we also got, I thought, some fun B plot moments between her and Laon when they go mm-hmm. into Enterprise Bingo. So I thought we got a little bit of serious, a little bit of fun. And again, we only get 10 episodes this season. So it is really hard when you're, especially with, I think, the episodic format. That is where this sort of comes into play, right? Is like we do have these kind of smaller character arcs we're working in but because every week is the episode of the week you also have to create a full plot point 
Yeah, I think I think what what you're helping me understand, Mariah, is I understand what my biggest gripe is. Like, I understand the thing that is probably pissing me off more than anything else. I know what that is. It's that I don't get 16 more episodes. Exactly. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's what my issue is. I'm like, oh, wait, 10? That's all you I can't even get 13 or 18? You're just going to give me yeah. 10? I think that's what it is. Yeah, but uh, um, I, I did... Say- Go ahead. Oh, no, that's that's the comment I was going to bring up was let's talk about how badass Chapel was in the sick bay and Ahura as bait running the corridors. Absolutely. I thought this was such a fun physical episode for so many of these characters. And it was like it was scary. I felt the tension and I felt the fear, I think, in so much of it. And um, I. I was watching the um, ready room and they were talking about because there, there's so much in this episode. Like there are a lot of scenes in this episode. There's a lot to shoot with horror. There's a lot of like, uh, because they also worked with puppets that extends how much time you have per scene because you have the live puppeteers. Um, You have to shoot it from very specific angles. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed all of the like more actiony, horror-y performances. I thought everyone, it was also like such a wild jump from our magical mystical episode um, to see everyone yes. being like bumble bubblegum princesses in medieval times to um, we're fully in the dark running away from monsters. It was like quite the juxtaposition, but I really in- enjoyed it. Well, yeah, and I thought, um, I mean, one, Chapel figuring out to lock herself in the the force field within like that bio bed, mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, I was kind of screaming like, "Why are you going out? Like, what are you doing? Like, stay it there." It felt very Jaws like to yes. me, like in that moment, the slow foot mm-hmm. down. Oh my gosh! I'm anyway. There's so many fun references to a bunch of movies yes. that I love. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" And then Uhura running through the corridors as bait. Like, for I was like, I was impressed. Um, and even the moments between Sam Kirk. And Spock, when you know he, he was, I love that Sam is a giant scaredy cat. Yeah, he, I was like, you need to calm down, though, son. Like, <laughs> relax. But I was looking, I was like, oh, I can see some James T. I see the what's mm-hmm. your, I can see that. <laughs> I can see the relation. That makes sense. Especially like I was like, whoa, we're gonna we're gonna toss out slurs. You're gonna talk about his ears like that. Settle down, there, buddy. <laughs> I know it, it is interesting when you think about how like um, human centric uh, Trek is at this point in the timeline of things, you know, and and I mean, that's accurate to, to TOS as well. So I think that's also a part of why I loved having Hemmer included was like it was another like founding member member of the of the Federation. And so it was kind of nice to see there'd be more than just a bunch of humans and Spock um, kind of on that main um bridge crew so do, do you do you think that they will bring in another alien i as... hope so i mean that's like the cleverest way to do it with you when you have the same i mean that's pretty classic track is to have the same actor play a bunch of different characters and different mm-hmm. makeup aesthetics and so i'm assuming they're gonna have bruce horrock come back and play another character that has a bunch of makeup that would be cool um 
Marge wants to know, she says, Pod, do you like the updated Gorn? Mariah, what do you think of <laughs> that's I, I guess that's our answer. <laughs> loved it. Listen, I understand we all like when things can fit within canon, but here's the thing about makeup and prosthetics in the 60s. It was it was not bad. It was bad. It was straight up bad. bad. It was bad. bad. But that's part, you know, like that's part of the charm and why I love TOS, right? It's because mm-hmm. those are things that are bad because you then have to use your imagination to to understand what they wanted it to be. And to me that what we got to see today on screen was what I imagined they looked like. So yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Stress free free K brings up a point that I was thinking about too. He says, I like the new uh, Gorn, um, but I want to see how they run a starship. Are they constantly flexing? How do they look? How do they work the controls? <laughs> Listen, we got to see baby Gorns mm-hmm. and right? adolescent Gorn and an adolescent Gorn, which was still pretty small. Mm-hmm. And gives us the ability to, or gives them the ability to to really take an adult Gorn and still decide what they want to do. We still don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this stage, it, they felt more like animals and predators than they did warp-capable, star-fearing sentient beings. Yeah. I mean, it, in a way, it reminds me of like, the the xanthropods and like the predator you know like from mm-hmm. other sci-fis right where you have these creatures that look nothing like humans and and they all manage to have space flight in some way right it's like do, are you like plugged into the ship in some way and it's like more mm-hmm. of like a neural pathogen thing um i'm excited to see what they come up with for how all of that communicates with each other and how that functions yeah and uh, so I think, but I, I thought it was fascinating. Um, and I earlier you called it a mix between aliens, predators, and Jurassic Park. And I thought you nailed that because I was ha- I was thinking about all of that. Um, and to me right now, if you say, well, Clyde, what do you think a, a, an adult Gorn looks like? I'm thinking it kind of looks like a, a Velociraptor in a predator outfit, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of what's exactly. in my head. Um, you know, maybe they've got the the helmet and the the leather vest and everything, but it's a it's a Velociraptor upright, mm-hmm. clicking around and controls and stuff like that. That's what's in my head in the moment. Yeah, I'm excited for once we get to see more of them. I know Akiva uh, Goldsman, who's the EP, is fascinated and loves the Gorn, so I think we're going to get them as our continual big bad for a couple of seasons. Um, but I'm I'm really excited to see more. And I think it was smart to give us like, you know, we got kind of the amuse bouche of the of the space battle with them and having that sort of terror. And then we get to see them now. This is sort of like our appetizer, right? So we get mm-hmm. to see the babies and the adolescents and they're goopy and creepy and they move fast and they're you know, they move like nothing we've ever seen before. And then I think next season we'll get to finally see our are big, big, bad. Yeah, well, I, I mean, they could... The and dessert would team, be a Gorn wedding so that we can have uh, Lower Decks be canonized <laughs> in that way. It could be. Well, I, I, look, they we could not see them until season three. They're doing a really good job of giving us just a little bit. I would probably be annoyed, sure. but they're doing a really good job of... Yeah. Uh, like, 
again, I don't want to compare too much. I got annoyed pretty quickly in Discovery and the non Spock reveal. Like it was just became a running joke. This doesn't feel like that. This this feels like we're getting little bits and pieces. They're building the story. And it probably helps that at this in this timeline, Starfleet knows nothing about the Gorn. And so we're just getting itty bits and pieces. Um, and so it almost feels like we're learning about them with them. Right? We we had so much knowledge and information on Spock, it was just kind of like, give it to me already. This feels different. So I, I like what they're doing. I'm a I'm a big fan of what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Um, is Lower Decks a vehicle to extend canon? Yes, it has been confirmed that Lower Decks is all canon. Um, so that is why we have seen a Gorn wedding in Lower Decks. So I imagine we're going to eventually see, uh, you know, a more real version of what those Gorn looked like, <laughs> which I'm sure is a yeah. fun conversation between all of the Star Treks to figure out how to how to manage the Lower Decks of it all. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine that this next season of Lower Decks is going to have a little bit more quality control and someone going, no, you guys can't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're making it too hard on the rest of us. <laughs> Try again. Try uh, again. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a great penultimate episode. We're kind of, um, you know, eliminating a few of the players as we're going into our finale next week. So we have Laon going on a mission. We have Hemmer, who is now no longer with us. R.A.P. Hemmer. Um, I did enjoy the send off that they gave the character. I thought that was mm -hmm. a really beautiful and nice moment um, because I appreciate and they've said this in interviews is um, unlike TOS is that the thing that truly modernizes this version of Trek is how they deal with death and that they actually let these characters feel and, and process, I think, um, the death that does happen on the show instead of it just being forgotten week to week. So. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot. This might be, this might mm -hmm. be a tough one. Okay. Which was better? The death of Himmer or the death of Arium? In both of those, you had people behind a glass screaming, mm -hmm. no, right? And mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, we felt that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But what, like, what do you think about those two? I feel, I mean, they're similar in, in ways, right? Like we potentially get to see those actors come back because they're behind a bunch of makeup. And so it's like, do I mourn the characters and what they symbolize? Absolutely. Do I like that these actors still get to come back and we get to sort of like play with them in a different way as like a consolation prize? Yes. Um, I feel like I might've felt Hemmer's, I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch. I remember feeling very um, sad about Arium, but I feel like I got to know Hemmer on a more philosophical level, like beyond, like, I know we got to see some of Arium's backstory and things like that, but I feel like I truly got to know how Hemmer viewed life. And so that to me made the death feel more significant, especially his, per like the views that he has about what death signifies as being like, you've accomplished what you needed to accomplish in this life. And that felt very, um, I don't know. 
But then again, it was like emotionally fulfilling, right? Like I feel yeah. like Hemmers felt like a proper close to a character book, which then makes it feel like less of a hardship to process. But because because of that, it feels like a more significant. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I think for me, Hemmer hit hit a little bit more because one, it felt like they set Hemmer up as a core piece of this this ensemble from day mm -hmm. one yes right from the very from the pilot i got invested in 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 himmer you know again himmer became this father-like figure this mentor figure like uh he's also himmer just seemed very cool mm -hmm. right and and you know i think we were all kind of saying himmer's kind of the janet Re the the jet reno of 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 enterprise yeah. like there, there was there was a lot that we liked there um, and then we lost them, right? The thing about Arium for me was, it felt like we didn't get a lot of Arium, and then it felt like we got a bunch of Arium in like the episode before they killed her. And it was almost like, or a couple episodes, it was almost like, all right, now we're we're bringing this up so that you can feel it. Mm -hmm. And while I felt it, it was kind of like, mm, but I almost felt like you were you did that on purpose. Right. Whereas with Hemmer, it felt like ah, I was invested. Like I wanted to know more. Yeah. I was excited. And then you you now took this from me. Um, but I thought they were both really done well. I mm -hmm. felt like the characters were shattered by Arian. Mm -hmm. Like they seemed just crushed. Because I think for them, the Arium journey had been much longer. I mean, right. relatively, this crew has just been put together and Hemmer's kind of new, mm -hmm. right? Um, so yeah, so that that's kind of like, I, I feel like for the crew, Aaron was, was devastating. Mm -hmm. For me, it was Hemmer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know, it's hard to lose characters we love. There have been so many. Um, but I'm I'm excited for the finale next week. I think the next trek in our trek pipeline that we're getting is going to be some lower decks, which I'm excited to jump in and do some reviews on that um, and check in with our our crazy cast of characters over there. But man, I'm 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 really excited for more strange new worlds as soon as they can give it to me. <laughs> yeah, I I think um, I'm excited about lower decks. I feel like I could use a little some levity Laughter. right now yeah yeah it'd yeah. be good um i'm also interested in when we're going to get some more prodigy yeah um, i think that's also coming down the pipeline i'll have to double check some of those dates but i'm i'm excited to jump back into our animated worlds for sure um yeah. and next week the episode is entitled a quality of mercy so we shall see what that shall bring that sounds ominous I think it's a little ominous, but thank you all everyone for tuning in. We appreciate your time. Uh, for those of you joining us live, for those of us, uh, those of y'all who are listening to the podcast, thank you so much. We appreciate you as well. If you are listening to the pod, you can also leave us reviews on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Those are super helpful. Uh, hope y'all enjoy. There's a couple of holidays coming up for our uh, people in North America, Canada Day, 4th of July. Hope you get to spend some time with your friends and your family. And uh, we we will be back next week for the finale review. Any official predictuses, Clyde? 
It's going to be intense. Um, maybe we see a Klingon. I don't know. Mm, that's potential. potential. Also, as I mentioned earlier, um, was chatting about this episode on our Slack channel. I said Patreon, I meant Slack. Um, but if you want to participate, access to our Slack channel for just $2 episode, that's $1, $1, $2, then just head over to patreon.com slash Star Trek pod and you can um, join up and become part of our um, our Slack channel and where we do watch alongs, we talk about uh, Trek and trek related things um yeah come hang out with us yeah and you can visit startrekpod.co for links to all things this podcast we appreciate your time we will see you all soon live long and prosper bye